The world of hard rock and heavy metal gets picked on a lot and made fun of by people outside of its circle. There isn't one hard rocker or heavy metal head out there who hasn't felt the sting of derision from people who look down on them just because of their taste in music, something that has always struck me as infinitely puerile. I am 100% certain this has happened to all fans of heavy music because it is a community of outsiders, and to become an outsider, one must go through the hazing of the straight world, whether it be from parental units, teachers, classmates, relatives, or even other friends. Every rocker has had his or her music cut down by the squares. Now, having said all that, I do recognize that it is an easy target to make fun of, be it the fashion, the overwrought attitude, the cliches ad nauseum. The heavy music world is an infinite treasure trove of jokes. And when no one is looking, we rockers make fun of ourselves and each other at the drop of a dime. Making fun of other bands is just about my favorite pastime, for God's sake. It's gotten me into some hot water at times, but... Even when it happened, I was quietly eye-rolling and snickering. But this is only permitted from inside the circle. Anyone on the outside making fun is, quite honestly, asking for it. So, when comedian Don Jameson started putting out comedy records on Metal Blade Records with a definite bent towards music back in 2011 with his Live and Hilarious album, it was accepted and embraced by the hard rock heavy metal community. Don was one of us. Of course, his 14 seasons on VH1's That Metal Show did help to fully ensconce him into the heavy world, so much so that there was a point where he was, along with Jim Florentine and Eddie Trunk, almost synonymous with the word metal. Since then, he's put out two more comedy records on Metal Blade, 2014's Hellbent for Laughter, and 2017's Communication Breakdown. And there's, of course, the Terrorizing Telemarketers Volume 6 album from 2015 with Jim Florentine in there, too. This year, however, sees the release of Don's fourth comedy album, Denim and Laughter, once again on Metal Blade Records, and this episode is getting posted on the album's release day. If that wasn't enough, When I talked to Don for this episode, he had just gotten back from the Monsters of Rock cruise where he took on hosting and MC duties. And, of course, there's his That Jameson show on Compound Media where he picks up where the the That Metal show left off, interviewing comedians and musicians alike. I've been a past guest as well. And episodes can be viewed at compoundmedia.com. Don's a busy man, but... It's these comedy albums where I derive the most interest because he's one of the few comedians out there who are putting out comedy records in 2020 for the love of it, not just using it as a calling card or a stepping stone, but because he has a genuine love for the medium. And as someone who shares an interest in comedy albums, I thoroughly respect that. So here's to another 10 comedy albums in his canon. Also, to mark this already festive occasion, Don's appearance on this episode 214 is his third on the podcast, and that makes him the newest member of the Black Coffee Brigade. Check out Don's past appearances, episode number 94, 
from March of 2015, and episode number 153 from June of 2017. So it's a two-pronged congrats, Don, on the new album and on getting into the BCB. For everyone listening on either Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud, I can't thank you enough. I've said this before, but I do this podcast alone in my bedroom or sometimes in a hotel room, unaware if there's even one or two people listening. When I get feedback on an episode, any episode from people I meet on the road or I read a message online, I am genuinely taken aback and thoroughly grateful that you took time to check out an episode. Every rating this podcast gets, every review this podcast gets, I am very thankful and please keep them coming. Okay, so without further ado, here is my friend, comedian, Don Jameson, on the podcast for a third time. And it starts now. The Take Your Child Podcast is the best around. Nick Lennon, is take us, go out, tell for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Jimmy in from fucked up. Stop playing. Hang down. They told him he was too crazy to rock and roll. But now... He's going to talk their ears off. It's the official Danko Jones podcast. Danko's got a podcast, and he won't shut up. Thank you for listening to the Danko Jones podcast. You motherfuckers! It's fucking great! It fucking slays! Thank you for listening to the Tango Jones Podcast! You motherfuckers! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready because the Tango Jones Podcast starts now! Hello? Yo! So, how was uh, Monsters of Rock Cruise? Yeah, man, it was a good one. Not a lot of sleep, but, uh, so, it's gonna be a catch-up weekend and, you know, try to get some sleep. I did about 12 hours last night, so, um, it was, it was a fun one. They had us running around a lot, and, uh, it was a good time. Is that, like, are you just doing comedy in between the sets, or... Do you have a special place where they put all the comedians or? Well, there's, a, there's only Jim and I. So, we, you know, we have a set night where we do, you know, a formal comedy show. Yeah. So that we do that. And then the rest of the time, you know, you're introducing bands, hosting mm-hmm. A's, judging contests, stuff like that. You know, so you're, you're always busy doing stuff. Oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> that's wild. And there's I know. Diamonds were on there, the Diamonds, um, but I don't know the other bands yep. on the on the cruise this year. Tesla, Striper, Vixen, Choir Boys, Crocus. Um, you know, there was like forty bands. Wow, wow, that's so cool. I mean, uh, just made contact with Michael Sweet, and he was on the podcast a few months ago. So uh, Striper, kind of. 
kind of in my uh, rotation these days, you know, putting, throwing them on. Yeah. Yeah. They sounded, they sounded killer, man. I introduced them one night. Um, and so I, obviously I stayed and watched for a while and man, I, man, his voice is still sick, man. It's so, yeah, nothing, nothing changed. There's a lot of, uh, rock vocalists whose voices have changed, but Michael's has stayed the same. Yeah, and when I had him on that Jameson show, um, I said to him, I go, oh, you know, it's crazy, man, because, you know, all these years later, because your voice has just stayed pretty much where it's been in your whole career, it's like your guitar playing, which is fantastic, it's so overshadowed, you know, and he's like, yeah, I, I agree, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, he's like, like, you know, because a lot of guys, especially like him, they just want to be a good, they grow up wanting to be a guitar player, not really a singer, you know. And yeah. then turns out his singing actually overshadows his playing, which is also excellent. It is. And he's a great producer. And, and he he was telling me that he writes 10 songs in 10 days and that's the album. And there's no demoing, yeah. no demoing. They go straight into the studio and record it. It's wild. <laughs> Well, there's something to be said for doing it that way, you know, when the pressure's on. You've got a record coming out. It's the third in a Metal Blade series called Denim and Laughter. Uh, the first one was Hellbent for Laughter. The second one was communicate, uh, Communication Breakdown. And now this one, Denim and Laughter. And you know, by being on this podcast before... Uh, how much I love the process of putting out comedy records, especially now in 2020, when not a lot of comedians are doing it. You're such a unique comedian in so many different aspects, but one of them is putting out comedy records. So how did this one come about? Okay, so yeah, actually, actually, this is my fourth, because you're forgetting Live and Hilarious. Oh my God, that's right. Live and hilarious. How can I forget which is that the first one? one? Which is which is the first well, one? Even, yeah, that's the one you were first on about. Yeah, exactly. And and because I only mention it because it's obviously a parody of one of mine and yours favorite bands, Thin Lizzy, Live and Dangerous. So we got to make sure that we, you know, pay proper respects to Thin Lizzy here, um, and then. And then the other ones followed. And and about two years ago, I went down to Philadelphia to see Saxon. It was as close as they were playing to my house here in New Jersey. Uh, so I drove down there, and I'm hanging with the guys. And I'm having some red wine with Biff, as one does when yeah. they hang with Biff. Yeah. Um, he, the man loves his Italian reds. So... Um, we just started joking around. I said, I'm working on new material for an album, and uh, maybe I'll call it Dem and Laughter. And he loved the idea. And here we are, you know, a couple of years later. And they allowed me to use the artwork for the front and the back cover. Um, their producer, Andy Sneep, uh, did the intro and outro music uh, for my album. And, man, I'm just thrilled with the way it came out. I recorded it in a speakeasy in Los Angeles. And... Uh, uh, yeah, I can't wait for people to hear it, man. Wow, that's amazing that you you've got um, you've got the blessing and uh, of of Saxon themselves, and it's actually even it could be considered kind of like a side Saxon album. Due to just yeah, how, yeah. I'm going on tour, and I'm going on tour coincidentally with with Biff 
their singer um, in the UK and Europe uh, in April and May. So it'll be a great tie-in to be selling my album, Denim and Laughter. I'm, I'm figuring, you know, maybe, you know, people will, a lot of people will think I'm selling, you know, their merch and buy a bunch of my CDs. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. Like if it's at the merch table and you're touring with Biff, people will buy it just because they think it's denim and leather. But that's great. I mean, it's such a perfect pairing. And I can't help but say, wasn't the first time when you met Biff, when you when you and Jim came out to the Motorhead Saxon tour that we were on? Yeah, that was the first time we had met Biff. Yeah, he had he didn't know who we were, and we, you know, we came over, and you know, he was just you know cool and friendly right from the start. And then we ended up calling you know back to America. You know, we were doing our our TV program, that metal show at the time, yeah. and got a crew to come over, and we filmed stuff with Biff and with Lemmy, and um, that yeah, that was the first time we met him, and and now here it is. You know, years later, and uh, you know, my head, my head's photoshopped over his on on the back of my album, sitting on a motorcycle. So it's, <laughs> it's been a, a crazy journey. Well, I, that was also uh, something I wanted to ask you about, which was the tour with with uh, Biff. And of course, we everyone in the metal world knows Biff just went through some serious surgery, and it's good that he's healing up well. But the the tour is taking you um, into places where, I mean, it's going through the UK. That's that's a that's an obvious uh, uh, territory, um, and then Sweden and Belgium and the Netherlands. But places like France and Germany, where uh, I mean, it's not as if they you know they can't speak English or anything, but it's not the f- first or even second language. How are you as a comedian who, you know, won't have like songs to go over? How, how, how are you approaching those uh, shows? Um, I have no idea. Now I'm nervous. Oh, shit. Oh, I didn't mean to. I make I'm, you nervous, man. I, I might have to uh, write some songs in between now and then um <laughs> Shit. Yeah, i don't know i i you know i think um you know mo- here's the deal like w- when i go out and i do anything rock related with my comedy you know i what, you know you know i go out and open for bands throughout the year um besides doing the regular comedy clubs but when i go out with a band you know i give them what i call the sex drugs and rock and roll set which is, you know, talking about all these bands that we love and, you know, having fun with that. So, you know, I'm keeping it in the family. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, this, you know, heavy metal, hard rock, whatever you want to call it, it's it's a worldwide language. So, you know, I think people will mostly get the drift of what I'm talking about, because I'm not going to be talking about American politics or anything like that. It's just going to be be, you know, straight up, you know, talking about Sabbath, Motley Crue, Kiss, Alice Cooper, Ozzy, you know, all that stuff. So I, I think that kind of stuff, that's kind of stuff translates everywhere, just like cursing. You know, if, if I'm not getting a laugh, I'll just say fuck a lot. <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's it's, a, it's like a, a legitimate question to ask just because sometimes, you know, when we play um, and I talk to the audience, sometimes... I can't go so into detail about 
certain points I want to make because not only because the audience won't understand, you know, and, and, uh, but I have songs to, to lean back on and, and, uh, you know, then we just hit into the next song and everything's back to normal. But I was just wondering about that when I saw the dates for the Biff tour with you. Uh, but I don't mean to make you nervous, man. I'm sure you'll rise to the occasion. <laughs> well, I think there'll also be a lot of unintentional humor. So <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. I mean, there's lots yeah. of places where, you know, uh, everybody understands. But it, I just noticed because in France, like, uh, the movies on TV and in Germany are dubbed as opposed to subtitled. So mm. there's just not even a chance to learn the English language there, you know. Whereas in Scandinavia, uh, it's and uh, in Benelux, it's it's uh, subtitled, so mm-hmm. people can hear the English coming through. That's just something I noticed in, on the television, you know, in hotels and stuff. Well, you know, you know it's funny, man. So when I, I was just uh, up, as you know, touring in Canada in um, September, October with Nashville Pussy. Yeah, and you know. When we got to Quebec, you know, I was in, we did, uh, my birthday night was in, in Montreal. And, um, you know, Mitch LaFon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Metal podcaster. Mitch came out to the show. I've known Mitch for a while. Um, you know, we were talking. It was great to see him. Always good to see a friendly face in another country. And um, it was, you know, it was a great celebration. Nashville Pussy came out and gave me a birthday pizza on while I was on stage. Uh, and afterwards, he said, you know, wh- where are you going next? I said, Quebec City. He goes, oh, you're going to do your act in French? I'm like, no. No. Why? Why? <laughs> he goes, oh, he goes, they're all Francophiles there, man. They're not going to they're not going to understand anything you're saying. And there was the same same reaction, like, OK, well, now I'm now I'm nervous. You know, now I'm like, what am I going to do here? But I, I'm, I can't learn French overnight. Right. right? So luckily. Um, or just coincidentally, the, the, our merch girl, she was from Montreal, so obviously she spoke fluent French. So I, I said to her, would you please go on stage with me tomorrow night in Quebec City and translate? Because no matter what happens, it'll be funny. Right. Because even if she messes it up, it'll still be funny. And I got to tell you, man, got up on stage and started to explain in really bad French that you know, I'm a comedian touring in Canada and I don't know a word of French and they were laughing at my broken French. And so I said, you know, Marie's going to translate. Um, and I started telling them the first couple of jokes and man, they were, they understood everything, everything killed. And then, but I just, I still had her stay on stage. And anytime I would tell a really, really dirty joke, I'd say, okay, translate that one. Let's hear how you say that one. You know, <laughs> and she was like 22. She was like all shy. She's like, I, I don't know how to say twat in French. <laughs> well, so I, uh, you you never judge the crowd before you go up there. You know, I thought the Quebec City one was going to be the worst show. It, honestly, it was one of the best, if not the best. Well, there. Uh, okay. Well, then, then strike what I even asked you about the the tour with Biff because if there's any place I think in terms of French speaking where. They would hold it closer to the vest than anyone else. It would be in, you know, Quebec and Quebec City just because of, uh, you know, the language. Language is an issue here in Canada between French speaking and English speaking. So, yeah, there's a lot of conflict and, you know, a lot of sensitivity. And if you can 
win over that crowd, you're you're golden anywhere else. So you know, you know what, man? I just I just say yes to gigs I want to do, and then I figure them out later. Yeah, no, I I think it'll be a challenge. <laughs> I think it's a challenge, if yeah. anything, you know. Yeah. And I think you're correct totally. when when you say that you know you've got okay, so you don't have a song to lean on, but you do have like the lexicon of heavy metal and hard rock and all the references that you and the audience would know so to lean on and and to uh meet uh and i think i think you'll be fine you'll be great cool let's let's keep our fingers crossed on that one yeah shit man i didn't mean to fucking make you nervous and shit (laughs) (laughs) it's all good man um, but yeah, like I, getting back, I mean, I, I, I guess you figured it out by now, like, you know, comedy albums are a little bit of a passion of mine. And so this being, I guess, your third one, it is your third one, isn't it? For Metal Blade? Fourth. Fourth one. Fourth. Shit. Fourth one for Metal Blade. And I think this is the third time you've been on this podcast. And that makes you a member of the Black Coffee Brigade. And I have to give you a patch because that's what every member of the Black Coffee Brigade gets, which is a patch uh, for every uh, for three appearances or more. So, welcome to the club. Um, but having that's good because I'm coincidentally drinking black coffee right now. Nice, yes, and so is I. Actually, so am I. Oh no, I finished it. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is your fourth album, and I'm just curious. Like behind the scenes and in front of the mic, I mean, Metal Blade is a metal label. They're not into putting out anything but hard rock and heavy metal bands. And here you are, this the lone person putting out comedy records. And 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 how how is your situation? To me, it's yeah, it feels like you have like a situation, a special a special situation, kind of like how Sonic Youth had a, a special situation with Geffen Records back in the 90s. They were always the special band because they didn't sell a bunch of of albums, but they brought Nirvana to the label. So they've always, they were always treated kindly. You seem to have that sort of distinction as well. Well, yeah, I haven't, I haven't brought, brought anything to the label except that maybe I'm a tax write-off. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it, I, I mean no, I, and also I didn't mean that you didn't sell any albums. <laughs> no, but, no, I volunteered that information. But uh, no, my albums have done actually very well, which uh, you know, obviously, I'm very grateful for. And 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 do, having done that metal show, uh, I've been able to, to, you know, expand my audience uh, into the the world of hard rock and metal, which is you know the most ideal thing for me because. Those are my people, you know, those, yeah. the, we all, again, we all speak the same language all over the world when it comes to that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, the, the thing with Metal Blade was just, um, uh, obviously it's a label that, um, has shaped my musical tastes over the years and, and sort of like, like in the early 2000s when, when the technology had kind of caught up to where comedians were just sort of burning their own CDs and doing their own artwork and, you know, then every comic had a CD out. You know, every comedian could out put out CDs, and I just kept thinking, like, I want some other connection to what I do. You know, I, I like some kind of other 
kind of stamp of approval on it. And I didn't quite know what it was until I met Brian Slagle. And uh, and he, he offered me a record deal, which I totally thought he was breaking my balls. Um, I couldn't figure out why you would want to have a, a comedian on the label. And I was out touring with one of his bands called Charred Walls of the Damned right. um, with, you know, Tim Ripper Owens and Richard Christie. Yeah. And he saw a couple of the shows and, and he was just like he goes man he goes i haven't seen a comedian open for a band in in forever he goes but man if you have enough for an album you know maybe we could do something together and then like a year later like he goes hey you never gave me an answer on that i go oh you were serious <laughs> no i thought <laughs> i couldn't figure it out so um and then within five minutes we you know we had an agreement and uh, i've been with those guys ever since so um and now i'm thinking too that you mentioned I'm in the Black Coffee Brigade, been on three times. You know, I kind of owe you. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe I need to do a, a parody of a Danko Jones album for my next comedy album. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm all game for it. I think the guys would love it too. Um, I know you it's know, not- like imagine, you know, way, you know, Don Jameson way below the belt, <laughs> right? You and- know, fire humor. But yeah, I mean, that would be an honor. I mean, we would be honored. But I know none of our albums are as iconic as, you know, Denim and Leather and Live and Dangerous and Hellbent for Leather. I mean, these are uh, classic uh, albums that you've spoofed um, for your albums. Um, but yeah, like that, that would be, it would still be an honor for sure. I mean, Don Jameson, never too lewd. <laughs> right. I think that works. <laughs> And your face, like, in the middle of the speaker or something. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I yeah, that, that is true. You you are now the newest member of the Black Coffee Brigade. That includes uh, Duff McKagan, uh, Marty Friedman, Jason McMaster, Damien Abraham, uh, Wade McNeil. There's uh, a couple other people I'm, I'm forgetting. Barrett Martin. So, Welcome. Yeah, that's great. That's great company. And, um, you know, I, I always appreciate your take on comedy and, of course, music, but but particularly comedy, uh, because as a musician, uh, you're hilarious. Oh, thanks, you know, man. your Thank stage. You. Rap, you know, you're only, you know, second to Ted Nugent in my book. So, <laughs> you know, I, I trust your I trust your. Well, not politically, you know, <laughs> but I'm, you know, Ted always has funny raps. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're not, I, no, you're not I, political. I acknowledge that. I totally acknowledge that. I mean, you know, there's a reason why he's 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 been around for so many years. So he's definite stage presence. Yeah. So it's um. So you know, I I take your sort of sense of humor and and your your take on comedy even more than you know some of the comedians that I know. Yeah, like that's that's I think something that um, I find a kinship with you uh, more than other comedians because we're on the other side of the fence and we've got one foot on each other's side kind of thing. Where you know I'm uh, I'm in a band and I I play music, but I love I love um, crowd work and 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 banter and stuff. And you are a comedian and you as far as I can see, live in the world of live music and heavy music and you tour with, with hard and heavy bands 
more than any, I don't even know if there's any comedian who does that. And so that, that's why I find a kinship with you more than most comedians that I know. And so, uh, I, I'm really interested in your process and the fact that you're putting out records. And I think Slagle recognized it. It's a lost art form, too, when a comedian opens for a music band, because that's how it used to be back in the old days. Yeah, well, that's the thing, too, man. You know, most of my favorite comics were also like rock stars. You know, Andrew Dice Clay, who, you know, is my comedy hero, who I who I ended up doing 10 years on the road with, um, you know, he in the you know late 90s, you know, opening for Guns N' Roses, 100,000 people at the Rose Bowl in Los Angeles, you know, Sam Kinison, Wild Thing with all the, the Sunset Strip bands in that video. And, you know, Sam was a rock star. Even Bobcat Goldthwait did the first tour in America with Nirvana. And so comedy and rock back then was like a perfect match. And then it was so not cool. Yeah. For like 25 years. Yeah. You know, and then when we started doing that metal show here in America, just started to get offers from guys and bands. You know, D. Snyder had asked Jim and I to open up for Twisted Sister. Then Metallica asked us to do the Orion Fest. You know, then and then those were kind of one offs. And then next thing you know, bands were like, hey, do you want to go out on the road for a month? And I'm like, oh, my God, like I've never. Yeah, we're comedians. Like we just fly out to gigs or just drive to gigs and then come home. But uh, you know, the first time going on a tour bus, dude, that was it. I was instantly hooked into making rock and comedy a perfect match because, as a as you know, for the band, they only got to take one guy on the bus with them, not four or five other guys bringing all their drama on. Yeah, I have zero (laughs) equipment. I just put my dick jokes in my pocket and go. Yeah. You know, I'm easy to get along with, you know, so, you know, I'm not a pain in the ass. There's no changeover. So they get all those benefits. And then I get the benefit of, you know, being, you know, traveling like a rock star, the brotherhood of being in a band and, you know, going town to town. All right. Tomorrow night we conquer Milwaukee or, you know, wherever. Yeah. You know, and but I get none of the drama of being in that band either. So, uh, you know, I get the best of all worlds and I get to go out and do my thing, man. And uh, it it really has been, uh, you know, a match made uh, pretty perfectly, you know, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, can't wait to uh, do more in 2020 and uh, beyond. You just, you said you just finished a tour with National Pussy. We were on the road. We couldn't see the Toronto stop. Because uh, that would have been great. I mean, we just we toured with Nashville last year. But when you are on tour with a band, um, like you said, you're you're on you're on the bus, you're hanging, you're doing everything, and without without being like a drama queen or adding to the drama that might be already there. Do you also load in and load out? Do you do all that stuff too? Well, I mean, like I said, I mean, I just put my jokes in my pocket and go. That's my load. And so I I don't really have any. But, yeah, man, of course. I mean, that's the that's the other thing that's different, obviously, about being out with a band. It's like you guys get to the venue for sound check. You're there at two, two o'clock in the afternoon sometimes. You know, when you're a comedian, your show's at eight o'clock. You know, I show up at seven forty five. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know. 
you know, just touring with a rock band. It's like, all right, now we now we sit around for the next eight hours. Yeah. So yeah, man, of course. I'll, yeah, give me an amplifier. You know, give me a guitar. Yeah, I'll carry some stuff in. Why not? You know, we got all day here in this in this town. You know, I'll do. I'll, you know, I'll do a little part. And the cool thing is too, a lot of bands have sort of like worked me into like into their set you know where i'll you know i'll play the encore with them i'll come out and like with pop evil i came out and sang their song trenches um at the end with them you know faster pussycat i always go up and uh either do a cheap trick song or zodiac mind warp song with tammy um and biff's gonna work me in um to play guitar and a couple of songs with his solo band on this tour so um you know i like to get involved in that man it's tied in a nice bow oh that is super cool I, you get the best of both worlds that's yeah it's great man it's, i love it Do you, would would you say you enjoy it more than like touring with just comedians and comedy clubs or are they, are they both different animals well i'll say they're definitely different animals because after i get off tour for a month with a band and i go back to the comedy clubs like i notice i'm i'm way more high energy Right, and right. I kind of have to, like, remind myself, like, Don, take it down a notch. These are nice people. They've had a reasonable amount of drinks. They know there's comedy coming, you know. Um, so I have to remember to take a deep breath. But, um, no, I, I love them both, man. But, yeah, definitely in the last, like, six or seven years, been just um, – it, it's wild, man. It's like I'm on Live Nation's list of direct support bands for hard rock and metal. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> that 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 truly is uh, 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 an achievement. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not sure what kind of achievement it is. Every comedian thinks I'm nuts for doing this, but you know, I've worked hard at, at like I said, you know, making this this kind of thing, you making it kind of normal because you know, like last fe- so about a year from today, I was out with the band Pop Evil, Jim Brew was out opening for Metallica and Larry the Cable Guy was out opening for Styx. I mean, that's a party right there, man. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it's becoming, you know, cool again to do it. You know, those three tours were going on around the same time. That made me really proud, like to be a part of that scene and, you know, and be one of the kind of the driving forces behind it. Yeah. I mean, you're part of this club of comedians a a select group who can who can do it like you're saying i understand when you go back to a comedy club uh you're high energy because i have to assume when you are opening for a rock or a heavy metal band not all the audience is is kind of sophisticated or, or schooled enough to know oh this is a comedian oh i have to behave this way I can't behave the way like a rock band is and just scream whenever I want. There's a certain amount of uh, good behavior that is expected from an audience, even if it's in a hard rock setting. Am I right? And you, do you feel like you're always kind of, uh, it's an upward climb initially before you win them over or? Well, no, no I mean, it's, I'm not, the, the set. That's are you know usually go over pretty well you know luckily like I said it, because I keep it in the family um, you know people kind of stay tuned in which is nice but um, the thing I love about the rock crowd Stanko as opposed to comedy clubs especially in 2020 now is in this world where everybody's triggered by 
everything, where yeah, everybody yeah. pretends to be affected by everything. The rock, you could always count on the rock crowd to be rowdy and 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 loves, you know, loves breaking down those walls, and, and they're not offended by it by by everything. And and I get to sort of just let loose with them and have fun. You know, if you're standing in the front row with camo shorts and a Slayer shirt on and hair down to your ass, you, you know, you, you can't go, oh, dude, that, that joke, uh, that wasn't very woke of you. <laughs> right. And also, yeah, you're, I, you're, you're, you're setting yourself up to be a target for you, for your comedy. Yeah, I mean, I, I always say rockers, you know, we're not woke. We wake and bake. You know what I mean? It's a different <laughs> different world. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a, it's a very, uh, it's a more forgiving world and uh, a more laid back world, despite the the music is so high energy and, and so ag- aggressive. It's a pretty loose, laid back crowd, really. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a couple couple of tour offers for the spring uh here in america and possibly canada as well so um you know i'll let you know when that comes down but uh it's just it's amazing to be able to go out with all these artists that you know that i've loved as a fan o- over the years and 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 also look the, i'm very appreciative of of the people who've come to see me in the comedy clubs as well because that's where i started you know i am a nightclub comic so you know those audiences mean the world world to me as well and so when i put together an album like denim and laughter um you know obviously you're gonna get like the sex drugs and rock and roll but yeah i'm also gonna talk about this pc world that we live in you know i'm gonna poke fun at society i'm you know there is you know there is, is a little politics on there you know there's my relationship stuff so um with any of my albums i say the same thing you know you don't have to you don't have to get the the package you know that it's a parody of, of of a of a metal album um and you don't even have to be a fan of hard rock and metal to enjoy you just have to enjoy comedy with a rock and roll attitude you know when you tell when you say that yeah this is i i i i, I poke fun politically or, or whatever it's 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 in the it's under the umbrella of comedy and for people who don't understand that and get totally offended sometimes i uh I, I, I get nervous because then that's the last bastion where we have to to let loose, you know? Yeah, well, that that's the whole reason why I recorded Denim and Laughter and Speakeasy. Right. And it's a literally an illegal club in Los Angeles. Uh, um, we had to actually, you know, everyone had to RSVP for the, the two shows that I recorded. And then we emailed them the morning of with the address because, you know, we didn't want to get shut down before we were able to record the album but i love that 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 vibe of it and and making it an rsvp only event because i know these are people who you know are fans of mine who are gonna you know they know what they're coming into the room for um and let, dude i did it in front of like 40 people you know and that's all, all you need you know because i'd rather have 40 people who who are my, my fans who like what i do than have 400 people in a club and there's still only 40 people who really like me. So, um, you know, as soon as uh, as soon as I found out about this place, and it was through a friend of a friend, I said, "That's the vibe I'm looking for." You know, I want to do, you know, do comedy, you know, in a in a place that you know could possibly be raided by the police during the show. 
every comedians uh, who who does a record in a in a in front of a small crowd, those are always their best records. I, I think so too. A lot of times, yeah. And, and Dice has done that before yeah. on a couple albums and. I mean, those out al- those are albums you could listen to over and over where to the point of where you're like oh this is where that girl laughs and snorts really loud yeah yeah you can hear everything i mean there's and there's nowhere to hide yeah. so you know there, there's even a joke on the album that uh, it gets a good laugh but not a huge laugh and i and, and i even left it in and i and i and i say listen i could edit in a big laugh right here if i want to you know, and then that gets a huge laugh. And I left all that in as is, you know, I like I wanted to leave all that kind of, you know, exactly what happened that night is on the album. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, those I love that. I love that because it makes you it makes the the person listening at home feel like they're they're there, too. Um, so, yeah, that's great. No, uh, no talk with you would be complete without um uh, bringing up Ralph, stop. No talk with you would be complete without bringing up uh, the Don Jameson show, which is uh, kind of like a a spinoff from that metal show. And you've kind of continued the tradition of mixing uh, comedy and talk and rock and metal all together. And how is that going? I've been a guest on it in the past. Yes, thank you. And um, yeah, it's called That Jameson Show, and it's on compoundmedia.com. Okay. Um, I kind of feel like, um, like, remember all the years Tony Iommi kept doing Black Sabbath, but with like 19 different singers in that one period? (laughs) (laughs) And you were like, well, why is he doing this? He's already a legend. Like, just do solo albums, do your own thing. But then what happened? Ani came back, Ozzy came back, and then you're like, oh, thank, you know, then you look back in the rearview mirror and go, thank God he kept that spirit alive. So I, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I want to keep the spirit of that metal show alive, but also do kind of my own version of it. And, uh, you know, I always hope, you know, there's a chance that, you know, the three of us will get back together and do what we do best. Um, uh, you know, it's 2020 is the year of the rock reunion. So, uh, you know, with all these bands coming back like Motley and My Chemical Romance and The Crows, um, you know, maybe that metal show, you know, joins the the ranks again. And, uh, you know, we get uh, hard rock and metal back on top of the world. I think when that day comes, because I'm I'm sure it'll come, it's going to be huge. I mean, I think... Uh, these days, uh, there's so many channels out there looking for content. Uh, it's only a matter of time, I think. Um, but you, you know, holding the torch for it and continuing it and doing it a great job at it. I mean, I think that's that's a that's a, the right thing to do to continue it because that metal show for everyone who watched it, it was such a needed. Uh, something so needed for all of us uh, that there's there is like a one place on television where you can go and listen to you know kind of your people talk about your things you know like I was just it was just a great it was a great time when you guys did it for all those seasons yeah thanks man 
Yeah, well, if it's not us, this is what I always say, because, you know, I, and I don't even know if you know this, but I, I used to work on Headbangers Ball back in the day. Yeah, you've mentioned so, that before. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, that went off the air in 95, you know, with Ricky Rackman. And then and we started 2008. So that's a 13 year gap. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if it's not Jim, Eddie and I, I, I hope it's somebody. I hope that we can't have 13 years go by. And the truth of the matter is, and you know, and the, because this comes from my heart, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to continue it on in every way I can just because. I love the scene, man, and and these bands don't have a lot of places to go, go and, and promote their stuff and, and to get the word out. So you know, th for me, it, it's not a money thing. It's this is a it's a it's always a labor of love, you know. To because I've heard it from you know from James Hetfield all the way down to you know to guys in local bands, you know, who who I held up their CD on that metal show or or I tweeted something out for them, you know. So I've heard from people on every level. How how much that support means to them, you know, so I feel, you know, obligated, you know, as a fan of this music that gave so much to me to, to give back as, as well, man. And I I do local showcases here in New Jersey where I live, um, you know, for for bands um, that need a great place to play and if they can they want to invite industry people down and you know the, those nights are all about them. Um, but, uh, you know, I obviously still want to still want to help out. You know, the, our, all our favorite bands that have been around for a long time and, you know, working bands, of course, like, you know, like you guys. I mean, you guys work your band is so consistent with putting out records and putting out really great rock records. And but where do you, where do you, where can you go to promote them? You know, so that's just, you know, a part of me that, uh, like I said, I just feel this obligation to do it. I, I kind of have a name out in the business so if I can use it to to help anybody, man, I'm going to do it. Well, I don't. There's there's a few dozen people. Whenever we were touring the states, especially back in 2013, who were coming up to me, going, they found out about us because you guys either mentioned us or even held up uh, the album cover, uh, our album cover on that metal show. And so, like, I'm super appreciative of it. And as a as someone who benefited from that metal show, but also someone who uh, regularly watched the show, even though I live I lived in a territory where it wasn't easily available, I have friends who would would give me the a whole season, so I was able to watch pretty much every episode. So I, I have it all on DVD. So yeah, I I don't think I missed a show. So it was it was great. I, I I really love it, and and yeah, I miss it like the rest of the hard nation. Yeah, thanks, man. We miss it too, and you know, it's just it's so funny because people people get confused if you know they're not really familiar with me. They're like, wait a minute, like they'll listen to this podcast, and at the end they'll go, wait a minute, is he a comedian or is he a is he in a band? Like you know, but I love those lines being blurred. So um, as long as people you know rem remember my. My name and hopefully you know, maybe come and you know check out one of my comedy albums or coming out and check me out live either in a comedy club or on the road with with a band um you know always appreciate that but my favorite song by black sabbath is the song sweetly from master of reality right because yeah. you know the sound bite at the beginning that coughing sound so if you don't know what that is that's tony iomi smoking a joint in the studio and coughing afterwards 
I like the original soundbite better. It was Bill Ward in a tub farting while he was chugging a beer. <laughs> but you gotta have fun with the bands that you love, man. That's the most important thing, man. The bands that have the most fun on stage are the most fun to go see, right? Like the band Guar. You guys know the band yeah. Guar, right? Yeah. They wear monster costumes on stage.